Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the challenges of life. My co-host for today's show is my colleague at TechBlocks, a technology consultant in the Toronto area. His name is Peter Gorl. Peter, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about TechBlocks, please. Thanks, Tom. I, I appreciate the opportunity to share this conversation with Chuck, Chuck and yourself. Um, yes, my name is Peter Gorl. I'm Vice President of Business Development and Client uh, Relations here at TechBlocks. And as you know, Tom, uh, we're consultants in uh, digital transformation. And, and quite frankly, uh, we believe that our success is due in largely finding out what makes our clients' uh, organizations tick and, uh, and, and what makes it work. So uh, quite frankly, this opportunity to speak with uh, uh, Chuck from McDonald's Canada now is, uh, is considered a bonus by me because they're a category leader. I always think of them as a category leader, so I'm uh, really interested to get uh, Chuck's uh, uh, insights on uh, what he's doing as far as uh, uh, grabbing market share and things like that. Thanks very much. Well, let me introduce our uh, guest today. It's Chuck Coolen. Now, I didn't check. Chuck, is that the right way to pronounce it? I'm pronouncing it phonetically. 100%. Nice. Chuck joined McDonald's Restaurants of Canada in 2002 as the marketing manager for the Atlantic region. Uh, McDonald's Atlantic outperformed the remainder of the quick service restaurant market during his tenure there. Since moving from the Atlantic region to Ontario, Chuck has led the development of marketing plans that have consistently resonated with Ontario consumers in over 500 McDonald's restaurants across the province. During this period, McDonald's Ontario has also enjoyed strong results in terms of sales and market share gains. Chuck has been recognized throughout his career with a number of awards. His collaboration with the advertising agency Cassette won a Cannes Advertising Festival Silver Lion, two golds at the Crystal Awards, and a silver in the Atlantic Advertising Ice Awards. He was recently nominated for the American Marketing Association's Marketer on the Rise Award. Chuck's work has been recognized at McDonald's with the Golden Maple Leaf Award, the Circle of Excellence Award, and the President's Award. And the President's Award recipients are deemed the top 1% of McDonald's employees globally. Welcome to the show today, Chuck. Thank you very much, Tom. It's exciting to have you here, and I uh, wanted to start uh, by uh, talking about your humble beginnings. Uh, I am a big fan of people from the Maritimes, uh, uh, the eastern part of Canada, for people outside of Canada that are listening, and uh, you come from a rural town in Nova Scotia, uh, to now uh, in the big city, the big smoke here in Toronto as a senior marketing manager for McDonald's. So talk a little bit about your uh, humble beginnings uh, from rural Nova Scotia. <laughs> Certainly, Tom. Well, I grew up in a place called Shad Bay, which is originally a fishing village about halfway between Halifax and the tourism destination Peggy's Cove. Uh, and uh, being a Coolin from Coolin's Cove, uh, which is part of Shad Bay. Uh, my family were one of the first three families to settle the village. 
I grew up on Coolins Road, on the road to Coolins Beach, and on Coolins Cove. So my my family has deep roots there, and uh, I'm eighth generation Canadian, uh, originally from Ireland. So it's uh, it's a long way, even from my beginnings in Shad Bay, where there was no public transit to the big city. What well, what then I thought was the big city of Halifax. So it was a long way to, in a journey to, to get from Shad Bay to Halifax, let alone to Toronto and beyond. And uh, I, I cherish uh, all the experiences that have gotten me here. Nice, and I love uh, small towns like that. And it's nice to hear a, a good uh, story from a, a small town, a small town boy done uh, good. And uh, I don't imagine there's a lot of people uh, in your town when you're go- growing up saying, oh, um, my Chucky's going to become a senior uh, marketing director at McDonald's of Canada. Uh, and so good on you. Well done. Uh, Peter, you must have a, a question for uh, uh, for Chuck. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, um, Chuck, uh, I mean... Everybody that's that's involved in in looking at the market these days from all kinds of points of view, we've seen a tremendous change in recent months in the tactics of key of, of the key fast food chains to obtain and retain market share, and you know and I and it's 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 darn clear that McDonald's is not shy uh, of making those changes in order to compete. And, and I suspect that many of these changes have actually been driven uh, by the things that you've seen and heard your consumers ask for. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the kinds of things that you've been involved with, the kinds of initiatives, you know, like the, like, you know, I can take, for instance, the McCafe uh, uh, presentation in itself, uh, um, perhaps you talk to the kinds of things that you're looking at and the kinds of things that, you know, that triggered those changes to the organization. Uh, certainly. I, I, I'll start, uh, I'll go back a few steps, Peter, if you don't mind, and then uh, talk about the necessity for change that really inspired the, the growth in McDonald's for the last 10-plus uh, years, and it was in 2002 when the company was globally was was, was really struggling, uh, and admittedly that, uh, we for the first time introduced what we call the plan to win and a, a focused global approach to how we build the business. And with that came the first time that we've done a global advertising campaign using the now very familiar tagline, I'm loving it. So uh, that propelled us forward with success in McDonald's Canada. Uh, with About uh, six years ago, we uh, had the pleasure of welcoming a new CEO who came to us from McDonald's uh, Global System and John Betts. Uh, and we really saw the opportunity that the, the consumers uh, gave us to first refresh our image in Canada by reinvigorating the, the physical plants or the, the buildings that serve our customers. So we re-imaged about 90% of our restaurants in an unprecedented short period of time in the global system. Uh, we uh, saw the opportunity 
in the consumer demand for brewed coffee in Canada and for also for espresso beverages to launch McCafe, which we did in November of 2011, and that's been a runaway success for us. And I'm quite proud to say that uh, Ontario has, uh, has led the way in that. We sell uh, more brewed coffee than any other region within Canada for McDonald's, and we sell more brewed coffee than any other McDonald's region in the world, which uh, we, we've come a long way. And with that has come increased success from a consumer perspective and increased share numbers. And it's been very impressive. I know my wife is a big fan of your coffee. Oh, I like to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> Way prefers it over any of the other competition. Uh, now, Chuck, you did something interesting that I love and that's becoming a bigger phenomenon than it used to be. Uh, I think in the U.S. they call it a gap year. Uh, and even big, big universities are suggesting a gap year to students. But you worked in Finland for six months directly after school uh, via work exchange program from, uh, and I'm sure all these letters mean something, A-I-E-S-E-C. Uh, yeah. So talk about that uh, work experience and work exchange in Finland. I believe that's a fantastic idea to get some exposure to the outside world before you start back uh, to university and a uh, lifelong career from there. Yes, uh, I, my experience, uh, I'll just talk a bit, a bit about the experience and what got me there. I, uh, I realized that when I was in school that I had to do some things to set me apart and uh, set me up for success in the future. So uh, I joined a society called ISEC, which is the A-I-E-S-E-C, uh, which was set up just after the Second World War to foster internationalism amongst business students. And the idea being at the time that however many jobs you raised locally for people from other areas of the world to come and work in your area, you could send that many people away every year. And uh, so I ended up, uh, and you, you were sent based on your merit points. So I was uh, the vice president of special projects with ISEC for a couple years and a member for three years before I qualified to go. In the previous three years, so many people had had a wonderful experience in Finland that I thought, well, why not? I've never been to Finland or Scandinavia, so I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, fortunately, I was matched and had a wonderful experience apprenticing in the marketing department for an international pulp and paper company. And I split my time between the mill town, which was in uh, western Finland called Rauma, and uh, the other half of the time at their head office, the company's head office in Helsinki. Nice. I lost you for a second there. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a wonderful experience, and it, it just, uh, I went back to it time and time again, and I think it helped me really stand out from uh, what, what would be the competitors when I was looking for a, a job after school. Uh, we also happened to beat Finland yesterday. Canada did, I think, in the World Junior uh, Hockey Tournament. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't help, but uh, I couldn't help but notice that as well. Four-one. Uh, it's funny the Finns, uh, even though it was a town of thirty thousand people, so a small town in Finland. Rauma was very proud of the fact that they had a team in the Finnish National Hockey League. I don't know if they still do. Thirty thousand people, 
And the first question that most of them asked me was, are you a hockey player? (laughs) 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 They might have kept you on longer if you were. (laughs) Uh, Peter, uh, uh, why don't you ask uh, Chuck a little bit uh, about his uh, job search? Uh, 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 I pretty well pretty well asked him already. I saw saw some highlights in the notes there uh, about... um, and, and of course, I've spent, I, I myself spent a number of years in um, executive search, so uh, it intrigued me to, to uh, no ends to find out more about this very creative job search that you put out for yourself, uh, uh, Chuck. Uh, uh, enlighten us, if you will. Uh, certainly. And uh, being, uh, I'll go back to our, earlier in our conversation, being the, the guy from the small town or a village, fishing village for that matter, in Nova Scotia, is I didn't have a lot of business contacts uh, coming out of school. So, the, the, And it was during a recession in the early 90s when I graduated, so the jobs weren't plentiful. And uh, mm. when I returned from Finland, didn't have the the best of job prospects coming back, so I, I ended up wanting to feed myself basically, and uh, ended up taking a job in sales. And uh, nothing wrong with sales; I, I I'm a big proponent of it. But uh, it was uh, selling photocopiers and fax machines, and I, I enjoyed it. It gave me great experience in cold calling, in doing presentations. But my heart wasn't really into it because I, I was so passionate about marketing and advertising that I really wanted to get into that. So uh, I took it upon myself to uh, – now, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, uh, especially in a shaky job market, but I quit, and I quit cold turkey because I wanted to dedicate myself to finding that first job in advertising. Once again, wouldn't recommend that, but it, it ended up working out for me. So I beat the streets. Uh, I found uh, an ad for uh, an advertising agency that, uh, oh, well, let's go in, in my first job. And I, I ended up beating the streets and finding my first job in retail at, for a small retail agency in Halifax, uh, which gave me a great foundation of experience. And then uh, I moved along for a couple years and uh, wanted to really break into a larger scale advertising agency. So uh, I saw that CCL, which was by far the largest agency at the time in Atlantic Canada and had some pretty plum accounts, was looking for somebody on the account side. And they ran an ad saying, we're looking for a good suit. So (laughs) I thought, well, I need to stand out from the crowd. So why don't I do something creative or what I thought was creative? And I sent them a suit in a suit bag with uh, an envelope with my cover letter and my resume inside and a little note attached to the outside for more information and directed them inside the jacket pocket. So inside was my resume and cover letter. The VP that I sent it to thought that it was his tailor offering a made-to-measure suit service to his office, so of course he opened it, (laughs) and he liked it so much that he invited me in the next day for an interview, and I'm quite happy to say that I ended up getting the job. That is 
an impressive story. <laughs> oh man, that that one hits home too because I actually grew up in the retail. I actually grew up in the retail trade, and menswear was my was my bailiwick. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is fantastic. Now you did another one, Chuck, with balloons, I think, as well. Yes, yes. So I did uh, uh, balloons. I was then looking for uh, an opportunity uh, later. And once again, wanted to stand out from the crowd. Uh, I was then uh, sending some resumes to people that I didn't really know personally. So in order to stand out, I put my resume inside a helium balloon and I attached by string or by ribbon the cover letter and a pin. The, the cover letter, of course, introduced myself, and for more information, use the pin that's taped to the bottom of this letter. Uh, <laughs> and I received several uh, job interviews based on that tactic that ended up landing me yet another job. Well, so, there's no question you're a marketing guy. That's for sure. There's not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> Uh, no sales guy would think of these things. You realize that, of course. It, <laughs> marketing, marketing is a, and there's been an argument, Chuck, and you probably you probably heard it over and over and over again uh, all your life. Is that, you know, that there's such a definitive line between selling something and marketing something, and I know that the two silos it generally gets separated. But try, you know, today they're trying to find their way back to one another and and lean on one another, you know, because marketing starts with a strategy and it starts by looking and listening to the audience and better understanding their clients. And, you know, I, I can't help but, uh, you know, when you were explaining to me your, your, the, the plan to win and the re-imaging of, um, of McDonald's, how important a role that was uh, for you to get into the saddle and actually probably start to really glean the value of the data that you had on your consumer and how you're going to play it out into that plan. Were there tools and tactics that you used to bring that plan to fruition? Uh, Certainly so, and I'll just give you a few examples, and I can make them specific to McCafe, because I I may talk about it a a few times during our conversation, but it really has been a phenomenal success story for for us and and for me personally in my profession. uh, With the introduction of the McCafe brand in November 2011 that I mentioned, we wanted to really establish McCafe as a credible option for brewed coffee. So a few examples of tactics that we implemented in Ontario was uh, before the food truck phenomenon was uh, en masse in Ontario, uh, we introduced what was a, a coffee sampling vehicle, which is, er, has been replicated by many since, many since, but we went to uh, over a hundred festivals and events throughout Ontario through the entire year, starting and uh, it was even before the McCafe brand was launched, uh, introducing people to our brewed coffee across Ontario, and it became a phenomenal success. Festivals were requesting us 
and uh, very much appreciated the uh, service that we provided to them and uh, to their customers. Uh, we've been giving away uh, hundreds of thousands of cups of coffee per year. Uh, another program that we launched with the advent of the McCafe brand was the McCafe Music Tour uh, to well over 100 locations of McCafes across Ontario. We toured local musicians, uh, DJs, singer-songwriters, jazz uh, trios, etc., across the province, and they did uh, random pop-up music concerts at the McCafe locations. Uh, that, that was, once again, a, a quite a phenomenal success for us. That's incredible. Interesting. Well, I, I, I must say, I, I don't know where my head was at, the, at that time because I actually don't recall any of this. So <laughs> I must have been busy <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> but uh, thanks for that. That, that, that. that really is impressive because, you know, I know that ourselves as consultants in the digital world, you know, we are, we are proponents of really trying to understand our clients and really trying to understand, you know, what, what organizations do in order to position themselves in business. And I know that, you know, many of, them, many of the people that we talk to on a regular basis, you know, they, they misconceive our intentions. You know, they, they think that we're out there trying to sell them a new widget or a new technology or a new software, when in actual fact, that's, that's not my play at all. You know, uh, we actually go out, and it sounds to me just like what you did, which is go out, try to understand the market, try to get to know the business, try to get to know what people want from you, and then use technology as an enabler. And, and I would think that uh, by now that McDonald's is, has uh, adopted some form of uh, either web-based applications or maybe some mobile applications that they're, you know, that they're testing on, say, different generations to try and attract a, a net new business. Uh, is that the case with McDonald's right now? Is there anything you can speak of on, on that front? Yeah, I, certainly. There, I, I can speak to what we're doing from a, a technology and a mobile perspective. The uh, we've been uh, quite active in the last year, uh, specifically with a new McDonald's app that we launched. That's in its still in its infancy, but has offered. Uh, Things like uh, discounting specific to people that have registered for and downloaded the app. Uh, location is it provides lo restaurant locator information, provides 100% of our nutritional information on every product that we have with our nutrition calculator, which is a, quite an interesting feature because you can customize, like you can customize in our restaurants if you order something and you're, uh, you prefer not to have uh, something on it like a pickle or cheese, uh, you can change the products to customize your needs on the app and it'll change the nutritional content to be specific to what you're actually consuming. Very good. Yeah, Indeed. That, that's really the tip of the iceberg for uh, what you'll see from... Uh, 
from us in the future. Uh, John Betts, who's our, our, our CEO, announced recently in an interview, I believe it was with the Financial Post, that uh, we're doubling down on uh, technology, use of information, and uh, mobile to, to, once again, continue to engage, learn more about our customers so that we can continue to satisfy their needs to a greater and greater degree. That's fantastic mm-hmm. to hear, you know, and it definitely um, tweaks my interest, of course. Is, I mean, not that, not that McDonald's is currently uh, a, a client of, um, of uh, TechBlocks, but it always, always uh, in, in, you know, interests me to find out what companies, especially as I mentioned earlier, category leaders are doing in their uh, organizations because the more I learn, even as a, as, a, as a business provider, the more I learn about what, what makes companies like yours tick, the, you know, the better I'm armed to be able to go out and partner and help them achieve the kinds of uh, uh, goals and uh, be they revenue or market share. So you know, really, really good to hear this story. Thanks very yeah. much for that. No problem. The bottom line is that you have to adapt to your changing customer needs, desires, and and abilities. So if people are looking for information uh, for, on a, in a mobile environment, you need to be there. If social is uh, informing people's decisions and informing their thoughts and feelings towards uh, corporations and their role in the communities, then you have to have a presence there and, and share information about uh, you and your company. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, Jeff, just just the just just the, your own platform that you that you took there, uh, uh, Chuck is uh, uh, is very impressive uh, because you know there still are those slow adopters in, in organizations. They're still waiting for for proof, I guess, of what McDonald's has done before they before they break out and try something that new. Good to hear from you on that. Yeah, it's, it's Sorry to hog the, uh, yeah. the, the, uh, the conversation, Tom. I'm sure you've got, you've got something to ask, uh, uh, Chuck, on top of that. I want to talk about uh, creativity a little bit, Chuck, because uh, obviously the job search and being in marketing and advertising, and Peter himself. Peter is... Uh, a very, very good professional artist. He could uh, earn a very substantial full-time income just from his painting. And I see the way his brain works. The creativity that he takes from painting and being an artist seems to extrapolate itself into business. And so uh, maybe talk a little bit about uh, the creativity, how you develop that, because you've won some great awards uh, uh, with the advertising agency uh, you work with. Uh, you've done some amazing work with McDonald's. It must take a very creative and original mind to think of things that are going to catch people's attention in this day and age. I think I read recently we're exposed to 1,990-some messages every day, and we, in fact, pay attention to only three or four of them. Uh, so talk about how, I don't know, how you develop that creativity is it innate or inborn? And uh, talk a little bit about that because uh, obviously you have it uh, to the max. 
Yeah, uh, thanks, Tom, and uh, and kudos uh, to Peter and his creativity. As I, I did take the opportunity today to l look at some of your art uh, uh, online, and uh, it looks very impressive. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was. Uh, I like looking at things and being jealous. <laughs> 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 that, that was that was one of those occasions. I, I love looking at things, uh, even from a, from a marketing perspective or from a, a creative outlet perspective, and think to myself, "I wish I had done that." And uh, your <laughs> art fell into that category. So, uh, in terms of creativity, uh, I, I would describe and probably uh, this would be verified by my friends and family as eclectic. Uh, I've always had varied interests and uh, so that means that I, I like to read a cross-section of uh, books, articles, information from business to the arts to sports uh, I like to consume uh, anything from movies to TV to uh, seeing live performances of bands uh, to galleries uh, and then allowing myself the freedom within my mind to be influenced by some of those things that I've seen. And I think uh, the talent that I've tried to cultivate in myself is... Uh, allowing things that are seemingly disparate to come together to find a new idea in what is common. That's how I'd really describe my knack to creativity. And is there a process to it, or do you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and rush to find a pen and paper and like, oh, my gosh, that's how that's going to work in? Uh, or can you just sit down and say, okay, for the next two hours, I'm going to think really creatively about the next ad or program we're going to launch? Uh, both of them work. I'd say the one that's more disciplined works uh, more often. But the even the approach of uh, gleaning as much information as you can and then just stewing on it and you have a eureka moment, uh, that often does happen. But it's both are a result of being well-informed. So uh, really defining exactly what the opportunity is or the challenge is that you're trying to overcome and then defining who you're trying to communicate with from a, uh, from a marketing perspective, uh, and then looking at options of different ways uh, of achieving it. So often by really being a student of the challenge, do you come up with creative ideas? Yeah. Yeah, you said that, well, actually, I think what you're almost describing is, this, um, is what I classify as parallel thinking you know you're you're headed you're generally headed uh, in one direction uh, with an idea or a concept and then you know then you attach yourself to to the kind of uh, the peripheral around that idea and saying what you know and, and ask the you know the burning questions what would happen what if and uh, you, you appear to me as be somebody that really utilizes uh, that technique a lot Certainly, and it's you have to allow um, many varied influences to be introduced and to be accepted in your mind 
if you're going to come up with something that's tr- truly unique and different. Yeah. Nice. You touched on yeah. something. You touched on you touched on something a little earlier, um, and I think it was during the time that you were uh, describing one of the uh, aspects of the um, the mobile app, and that was nutrition, and that's got to be a burning platform for uh, the fast food industry, and, I, and it would appear to me that McDonald's has really done in a taken a very aggressive stand as to the way its food is prepared the contents and the ingredients of its food. And I know that you've made some, some fairly big inroads in changing, changing, changing the makeups of those foods. Um, I'm thinking, though, that in doing so, that probably somehow disturbs the, the business uh, by virtue of disturbing the actual taste of, of the food. You know, because the, 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 let's face it, people and food... They, they go together by virtue of taste. Can, can, you talk how, can you talk a little bit how you've defeated, as it were, that hurdle of taste uh, while still kind of, I guess, if you classify it as re-engineering the food a little bit so that it's more nu- nutritional? Uh, that's a, it's a very good question. The, uh, you hit on uh, the key points uh, in your uh, your commentary in terms of people want to eat something that they enjoy the flavor of and, and that's the, the ultimate for most people when they make a decision as to what they're going to eat but at the same time uh, by virtue of the fact that we're human uh, we need to have a balanced intake of nutrition in order to uh, live a successful ongoing life, uh, be fulfilled, be happy, be healthy. So it's we continue to evolve our menu in terms of consumer demand, consumer trends in food consumption and flavors. We continue to offer more options. Uh, as taste buds evolve, we'll continue to evolve even our core offerings. I wouldn't say that we've changed dramatically some of the favorite foods that we sell, such as our our Big Mac and our French fries. Uh, We change the offerings that are around those core products as tastes and demands merit. It's uh, quite a balance to the balance uh, balancing act to take, isn't it? Yeah, the key is to have uh, really it's uh, to have a balance within your diet. Uh, I'm uh, a big proponent, uh, as you would expect, uh, of McDonald's food. Uh, I ensure that I have that I exercise regularly, that I, I have balanced consumption. For example, if I have one of my favorites currently, which is the Angus with jalapenos, uh, if I have one of those, I'll probably have a salad with it. Or if I have one of those in French fries, I'll have a salad for dinner. Uh, so it, it's a matter of being sensible with your choices and being balanced. Right. Yeah. My, uh, one of my favorite speakers of all time, Zig Ziglar, he was over quite overweight at one point, and he said he was overweight by choice, that nobody ever forced food down his mouth. So it was always his choice to eat it. 
And uh, so, yeah, we do have to make those conscious choices ourselves. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention, I found one of your new products recently, the McGriddle. And oh, my goodness, whoever invented that should be given a big award of some sort. It is delicious. <laughs> what an amazing idea. I am with you on that one. I, I love well, I, I always have a, I've always had both a sweet and a savory tooth, and uh, so I love anything that's a combination of uh, savory flavors with sweetness. Right, and how you got that syrupy taste in the McGriddle without having to pour it on on top is a mystery to me, but keep it up. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, he can't tell you that, Tom, because he'll have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know, Chuck is, I know Chuck as well, uh, a little bit uh, from uh, reading about you, that you were inspired by a few professors, and uh, that's of interest to me uh, in a number of ways. First of all, I work with Peter, and if you see Peter, he has more gray hair than I am, and he loves young people. He just he, he acts and looks like years younger when he hangs around Charles Byrne and uh, friends that he mentors through 10,000 Coffees. Uh, so talk about these two professors that really inspired you and, and helped make a difference in your thinking and, and uh, what you do for, uh, for work. Well, uh, my professors aren't, aren't so young, but <laughs> the, uh, when I was in school, uh, I had to say, just to give you a bit of uh, a bit of the background. Uh, I was originally taking psychology because I wanted to be a sports psychologist, and I, I knew after a couple of years that that wasn't the path that I was going to follow. So, uh, long story short, I took a year off, and then I, I came back. I went to the West Coast, worked for a while, and then came back and went to school uh, for something. Uh, that was the closest in business to psychology, which was marketing, because uh, I thought that was a natural for me because I, I always had an affinity for business as well. Uh, professors, and I enjoyed the program, but I was particularly inspired by two professors that had that unique combination of theory. Uh, so they were well-schooled. They had uh, textbook savvy but then they also had years of professional experience in the field and knew how to bring to life that theory with practical experience. So they were the type of professors that both of them had a good sense of humor, which also always helps. Uh, but they also, when they were describing the theory they said, this is a way that I made it work on this occasion or that occasion. So uh, both of them, I thought, wow, I want to be this person. I can see myself in that role after I'm finished school. And I'm quite happy to say that over the years, uh, both have been mentors to me in different ways. We're, we're still friends. I'm still friends with both of them. And one of them was even became my client in later years and then, uh, well, sorry, became my boss in later years and then became my client. So we almost went full circle. Wow. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> That's interesting. 
<laughs> well, you Very know, psych, psycho- your, uh, your psychology training will not be wasted in marketing. You've probably come to realize that very, very quickly because uh, in marketing, it's, it's all about understanding the persona of the people that you're looking at and that you're working with, uh, you're trying to introduce something new to. And, and so I know for a fact that you know, each individual has various traits that they will uh, react to in different ways. So I'm, I'm sure that's uh, been of real value to you, uh, wouldn't you say? And definitely so. My, I see my job as very much a, a connector. I, I'm a connector between the, the wants and desires of the consumer and uh, the attributes of the brands that I've worked on, including the, the current brand McDonald's, uh, the, the attributes that, that are best attributed to those consumers. So it, it's really finding the connection points and ensuring that they're amplified. Yeah, good work. Yeah, very, very good. Nice. Uh, what else is there that we could talk about? Let's talk about 10,000 coffees because both Peter and myself and you are also mentors through 10,000 coffees, 10,000coffees.com if anybody's looking uh, for the website and you uh, have met with some uh, people that uh, Peter is mentoring. And so talk about giving back your time and mentoring others, uh, what it means to you and and why you do it and uh, why 10,000 coffees. Certainly. Uh, giving, Giving back has been important to me basically since I, I left school uh, for CCL, one of the agencies that I worked for in Halifax for the, for the longest period. I was responsible for the training of new employees in the what they then called the CCL way. Uh, and uh, I followed, a, I didn't introduce the program, but uh, I employed the program for the training of new people and helped set them up for success. Uh, over my years in Halifax with McDonald's, I did a lot of guest lecturing, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that, helping uh, helping students, uh, based on my experiences, uh, open their minds to possibilities and continue their education. So I, I brought that to uh, Toronto and... Uh, have been involved in a few different aspects of mentoring, uh, one of them being the 10,000 Coffees program. Uh, I think it's a wonderful way. I I wish uh, that back when I first started looking for a job and developing my career, something like this had been around because I I would have jumped all over it. Dave Wilkin and his team with 10,000 Coffees has a real gem here, and uh, I wish them every success. The the idea of connecting so-called experts in their fields with novices who, who are looking looking to make their connections, looking to advance themselves, is wonderful. I've participated in mentoring programs over the years, including the American Marketing Association's Mentor Exchange. And the reason why I mention that is because I consider all of the 10,000 coffees that I've, that I've participated in an exchange. Uh, I, I hope that I gain as much as the people that I'm having coffee with in terms of uh, understanding 
their uh, understanding their perspective on the world, understanding their perspective of McDonald's, understanding their perspective on marketing and how that can benefit me in the, the way that I think about business and the way that I think about connecting with consumers. And if I remember, I'd have to echo that. I'd have to echo that sentiment uh, uh, with you too, Chuck, uh, because I, you know, I realized um, very quickly uh, as I sat down with with uh, Charles and Long there for a couple of hours the first time I met them. I mean, they were all ears, and you know, the notepads were going a mile a minute, and. But then I'm looking at the vibrancy and the motivational aspects, you know, that was taking place in front of me and thinking, wow, you know, I'm really impressed with these two young fellows here that are, they're not just, they're not just asking questions. These guys are, are really soaking this information in, finding new ways to utilize it. And then, and then in, a, in a sense, I, I, I got the sense of accomplishment myself in saying, you know, I, I felt like I'm part of forming of, of two new people's, you know, minds, and then and then the ter- I, I find I go away, and I think I think Tom alluded to it earlier. I went away with a, a much more renewed a lift in my own heart and soul about my own day, because you know I come back into the office like almost singing and dancing, as it were. I mean, uh, I mean, Tom will tell you, you know, I'm thinking, boy, I feel rejuvenated because, you know, I just sat down with, with two young fellows half my age, and they're smart, and they're intelligent, and they know how to use quality information. And that's the key. You know, it doesn't matter what, what industry you're in, it, you've got to use the information that's in front of you. And uh, these two young fellows really impressed me with their instant capability of being able to do that. So, I mean, it right. just promotes I, me to go do it again, you know. Right. And I think you mentioned even, Peter, when you were younger, you, uh, I think, had said that you'd wish you'd had, you know, the right kind oh, of Oh, very much so. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that seems to be the default position, I think, of, of uh, people in my age category is that, you know, that it was a – it was – it was an unusual thing, probably, to have a mentor back in 1950, 1960. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably <laughs> the unusual. It wasn't the norm, but today I think right. it's more the norm. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, I uh, wouldn't hesitate to say that I don't believe that there's anyone that I can't learn something from. Right, no, and I think absolutely. that uh, I'm on the uh, 10,000 Coffees website now. I know there's, I see right looking in front of me, George Sheard, a restaurant owner of McDonald's Canada. I had an idea that perhaps the president of McDonald's Canada or somebody else was involved, but uh, uh, it's an amazing site. I, I see that I know I've seen the president of Samsung Canada Samsung Electronics right. Canada, he's involved in it as well. Do you know yeah. other people from McDonald's that are involved with 10,000 Coffees, uh, Chuck? Yes, uh, there's a, a, an array of uh, people from John Betts, our CEO, to George Sheard, who you, you mentioned, who's one of our leadership owner-operators in the West, to uh, uh, many different uh, owner-operators across the country, uh, McDonald's corporate staff, there are employees who are experts and employees who are also novices. Uh, 
and I, I consider myself, and I hope that I always will, uh, equally both. Uh, I, I may be an expert in some ways, but uh, I always want to be learning and a novice in many other ways. Exactly. I think so, you, uh, uh, you, you made the comment, uh, I wished I'd done that, or I wish I wish I'd achieved that. You know, with that kind of outlook on life, the chances are you're probably going to achieve a lot more. That's for sure. Yeah, Let's remind everyone of the website there. It's 10,000coffees.com. If you want to mentor other people or if you're a little younger and want to be mentored, what an amazing site and amazing organization uh, to go to. So 10,000coffees.com. Thanks so much for your time uh, today, Chuck. It's so uh, interesting to uh, talk to someone creative like you. Like that job search thing is just, I love it. What a creative uh, ideas you had. And it's obvious how you got into advertising and marketing. And you gave both Peter and I a real good idea about McDonald's and, you know, the the battle between, like, more nutritious food, more combination of food, and trying to also keep it delicious. Uh, I imagine the McGriddle is not on many fitness instructors' uh, menu guide, <laughs> but I'm not going to stop eating it. And uh, how you really listened to your customers, got out into the community, out into Ontario, and really... Uh, made your presence known, gave out all that coffee for free, uh, and built up that brand. And uh, now, as you, I think, I don't know if we said it on the air or earlier, but uh, McDonald's sells more coffee than all of their competition. They're number one in Ontario or all of Canada. Oh, in terms of uh, coffee, uh, there's one that sells more than we do. Uh, as far as our competitors, we sell more than any other McDonald's area. In Ontario? Uh, well, we sell more in Ontario than we sell anywhere else in the world. Oh, nice. boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife is helping with that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, I also, have to, I also have to mention you have the best Earl Grey tea. I forget what brand it is, but it is delicious. And I've been to restaurants with an old gray tea that is sub-delicious, not delicious, not great. And so whenever I go there, I just love smelling it, and I, whatever brand you're using, stick. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, so thank you for allowing me the, the time to join you today, both Tom and Peter. It, it's been a pleasure. Ours entirely, and uh, thanks for taking up uh, your time today. I know that it's getting close to uh, New Year's Eve, and on that note, uh, let me, uh, on, part, on behalf of Tom and I, uh, wish you and your family the very best for 2015, and we're looking, at, uh, looking forward to seeing what else you have in store for us uh, with uh, McDonald's. Yeah, likewise. Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being with me today. Uh, I learned one thing. Never do a uh, radio interview on my cell phone again. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Take care, Tom. Thanks it. very much. <laughs> Take care, guys. Have an amazing day, and thanks so much, Chuck. You too. Cheers. Happy New Year. Bye. Thank you.